Hello, my friend. Hello, Michael. How are you? We are back. We are well. We are alive. And this is episode 70 of The Rocky 70. Files. 70. Can you imagine that? I mean, some people at 70 are getting ready to retire. We are just getting started. <laughs> getting started. Uh, <laughs> let's get this party started. <laughs> <laughs> How lame is that? That is that's that, right. that that's a that's a very very lame opener. But to counteract <laughs> that lame opener, I have something that's not quite so lame. There's a little picture behind me right here, but Stacy, could you put up a bigger picture of the Rocky a Mighty Mix poster from the original Rocky? Yes. This hang on. this is my favorite thing. I love this thing. Right so here. there you go. Um, here's a picture. I don't know why I took such a lousy picture. You would have thought <laughs> I would have got straight on, but apparently I have issues with taking pictures. <laughs> I, I don't know. But anyways, there is the sign cut down a little bit. I have the pieces in the back that I'm sending out to um, uh, some some Rocky fans. And here is a old beat up version of Mighty Mix poster, which is the version from Rocky Balboa. You could see right near the G. Once you look mm -hmm. a little closer, it's ripped and torn. Yep. And this, I got this uh, picture from Heritage Auctions. They're online. You know, in 2015, Sly sold a lot of his collection off. So right. uh, this poster was one of them. This poster was huge. It was probably nine and a half feet tall by about six feet wide. It's a massive poster. So I, of course, have a smaller version of it tucked right here. And once the picture goes off, you'll see it over my shoulder because I must have to have it hanging here. Nice. In the Rocky man case. Yeah. So that's not so lame, unlike my little call out to get this party started. <laughs> hey, they tune in for the goofiness. It's all part of it. They do. And you know what I've been noticing, actually, like when I go back and watch these episodes, you've been really putting in some great music in there at, at, at key oh, times. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, I like you. that. I like that. I mean, if it wasn't for licensing and all that, we'd have like, you know, baby got back or like. <laughs> For mix a lot or you know some acdc you know some mm -hmm. village people ymca now nothing gets a party started like village people like that every <laughs> wedding you ever went to stacy you went to a wedding this week right <laughs> yes i did right yes, and I you did. knew no one i knew no one at all and so so I went to a wedding and the wedding was beautiful. And congratulations to Dylan and Emily. They're adorable. Dylan is my husband's coworker. So ah, we're okay. new here. We know nobody. So, oh, that's tough. so we're invited to a wedding. I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, so don't I. And then I announce Apollo April. So I'm starting to get these pictures in. Larry right. Brown I, made me laugh out loud at the table. So He's sending me pictures. I'm silencing my phone. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm at a wedding. I'll look at these later. He's like, oh, no problem. Have a good time. Then like three or four minutes later, he texts me this. Since you're at a wedding, I must ask if you would like to invest in condominiums. <laughs> I read that. That's nice. I'm at the table. I am laughing out loud. Everybody's looking at me. I'm like, oh, nothing, nothing. Well, anyway. Larry's a funny guy. He he really is. I. I've often thought that about him. We've always had some pretty good uh, conversations back and forth, and he's got a really good sense of humor. And so this just shows what type yeah. of a guy Larry is. And he's a huge Rocky fan. So, I mean, how do you go wrong? Now, you right. just hit on something there just a moment ago. It's Apollo Creed April. April. And so yes. 
So what's the what's the reason? Why why is it Apollo Creed April? April. I cannot say April. <laughs> Go ahead, Apollo Creed April. See, you can't say it. Apollo Creed April. There's too many R's in there. Well, we started getting into themes in February, so yeah. you know we went from uh, you know oh excuse me Adrian in February, and then right, we did right. and then we're like April Apollo, and everyone loves Apollo, and I think. You know, everybody has that Apollo in their life, someone who really made them maybe see things from a different perspective. So I was hoping to get some of those stories from our nice. from our folks. And then also um, favorite quotes, because, you know, there is favorite no quote. tomorrow. You right, know, right. <laughs> favorite quotes, favorite moments. And, you know, yeah. maybe we could do like a compiling. So, you know, at the end of the month, we'll go through and we'll see. And by we, I mean you, because. <laughs> right. You, you're in charge of all that. You, right. you make it happen. And the other thing that for our creatives out there, you know, our writers, I've always, you know, there's always that question. What if yeah. Apollo had lived? What might have right. happened? Right. What would the storyline have been? And so I, I've gone a thousand ways with that, but I kind of always figured that he would at least be permanently injured, either per paralyzed maybe from the waist down or the neck down. And, yeah. you know, he was, he's so you know, he's so in love with, with, you know, winning and those glory moments and, 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 you know, that's how, at least being a young man at the time, you know, when we're young, we value those things. And so I kind of pictured Apollo's journey being, where do I grab my sense of value yeah. if I can't do any of those things and have him go through this entire journey of what actually makes a person valuable so uh, I have many theories around that and how he arrives there and how Rocky helps him arrive there. But we won't get into that now. <laughs> well, I'm thinking as the weeks go on, you know, we should we should dabble a little bit like that and see how that would look. Just even yeah. some ideas because now you got me curious. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be fun. Well, speaking of. Apollo Creed. Last time we saw him breathing was Rocky Four, and so the other last week I had a Rocky Four marathon. I started off watching the director's cut, and then mm -hmm. I went and I watched uh, the theatrical cut and the original. And I'll tell you, there are. I was always very, very critical and hard on Rocky Four. Uh, not that I picked apart the performance i always was critical on the totality of rocky four that it was too cartoonish and it was too jingoistic it was too over the top you know what i mean like mtv-ish yeah <laughs> it was very mtv-ish and it, it got mm -hmm. farther away from the character i loved and respected right. rocky one and two and not to mention none of it was filmed in philadelphia like when he's driving the lamborghini that's downtown la so so the older I get, and especially after the director's cut came out, I had a newfound respect for Rocky Four, and and I realized something when Slide did the changes. There was one change I really missed horribly: the Italian Adidas tracksuit that he wears when he's cleaning the the Lamborghini. I really missed that yeah. scene. I loved mm -hmm. it. And we've already bypassed that because it opens up with Rocky three, him winning his friendship building with Apollo and then Apollo and Rocky playing catch in the backyard. 
after right. you know rock uh, policies that uh, the Russians are coming to t- dinner. So uh, so anyways, <laughs> I went back and I started watching a few uh, things and I was watching it over and over and over. And I just there was one thing I would love to have had if it didn't get thrown out in a dumpster. I don't know if they made a bunch of them. I've never seen these. Now, if any of our listeners, if any of our watchers have them or have seen them or know where I can get one, I am dying for an Apollo Creed and a Ivan Drago cardboard cutout like the ones we're going to see right here. Go ahead. Throw that up. There you go. So now there you nice. go. Look at that. You got Apollo <laughs> Creed on the left and you got Ivan Drago. I would kill for right? these to, to put down here in the Rocky room. Now, yeah. I do have an Apollo Creed from Rocky Four, but he doesn't mm-hmm. have the gloves on and he's kind of standing in a pseudo sexual way. And yeah, it's more posing. It's weird, like, hey. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a weird pose. But anyways, I do have that. But I don't have a Drago cutout. And I never thought I would hear myself say this. I want a Drago cutout because I, I don't know. There's just something I, after watching the director's uh, edition of, of Rocky four, I really, it changed things for me. So in my mind, I am now blending the two movies, the original and, and the, yeah, because it's, it's just, I can watch. I, I couldn't believe I sat through four hours of it the other day. Usually mm. I fast forward through Rocky four. And, but yeah. you know, so anyways, I'd like to retract everything negative I ever said about Rocky four. I apologize to anyone who was offended and you know, it's back into the family. All right. So here's a couple of things, a couple more thoughts on this. So um, the banners. Okay. There are lots of banners in the original Rocky, Rocky two and Rocky four. Now, what do I mean by that? Stacy, would you play this little video here? I'd like everyone to just, it's a short little video. So, okay, I am not a great editor. I just threw this together so we had points of reference. So when Rocky, the night before the fight, he's walking around the ring, he sees his banner, he sees Apollo's banner, but mm-hmm. he looks, he does not look at Apollo's banner in a challenge, like standing in the ring looking up at him. He, that's to his back. His back mm-hmm. is to Apollo Creed. He's looking up at himself and he's realizing he is a national joke at this point. He is a joke. This banner is showing he's a joke because they don't care to get the shorts right. right. So I found the theme of these banners was peppered throughout. In the second one, we have uh, it's a much shorter shot, but it's the Rocky two super fight, super fight two banners. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was very interesting. It was probably to harken back to the originals. Then in Rocky three, when Rocky pulls up to the exterior of Mighty Mix Jim, he's looking up at another. It's a poster of Mix Jim, but it's the same type of imagery that that same type of larger than life looking down at Rocky. And in Rocky Four, now Rocky's in the ring and he's looking at the Drago banner. Now, do you have a? Did I send you a picture of that close up? I forget. Yeah. Okay. So look at this giant banner. This is a a horizontal version of the one from Rocky. 
Now, the one in Rocky was 15 feet wide, 30 feet long. And this looks like it's about the same measurements, but just tipped on its side. This right. is absolutely remarkable. Now we saw Rocky in the ring looking up at this. Here, once again, Rocky before a fight is looking up at the banner. I, I would love to understand, like, what Sly is thinking in that moment. Is it oh. simply to tie it in? It, a banner back then, and here he is. A, a, a local guy from the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Now he's galactic. He, he yeah. no longer belongs to Philadelphia. Now he belongs to the world because he's fighting. I mean, I, I know it's a revenge thing yeah. about Apollo, but really, I mean, it was in the midst of the Cold War. And, and you get a lot of fans, myself included, you know, Rocky and Rambo ended the Cold War. And that's just yeah. a fact. Yeah, that's true. I know. I've heard that many times. You know, I mean, forget about it. I, I firmly believe that. So when I see these banners, they just really were screaming out to me. Uh, and I, I really want to talk about it. So my point about talking about that is, what do all of you guys think about the banners? Have you ever wondered about it? Do you? Am I onto something here? Or was I just having a Jack and Coke and just enjoying the movie and saying, wow, look at the giant banners. Tell me your thoughts on that because yeah. I, I think that's kind of interesting. Now, before I move on to my next topic, what do you think about the banners, Stacey? Well, the funny part, every time they come to that part on Rocky Four and, you know, Drago's banner comes up, it's all in the eyes, you know, oh, because know. like, like he's looking over at Drago. Drago turns his head and looks back at him. And to me, that whole message is, dude, you're in my hometown now. Right. You know what I'm saying? And the whole, to me, it was to make Rocky feel like this. Yeah. 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 Again, you right. Know? So, right. So to me, it was intimidation and yeah. Yeah. That's gotcha. how I felt. Every time I see that, that's what it feels like. To you me. know, in the, uh, the director's, um, the making of documentary edited by our good friend, Derek Wayne Johnson, yes. they slide talks about how he was somewhat unhappy when he's driving the Lamborghini and we see the close-up of Rocky's face, mm -hmm. he thought it was too vain, too vain and glorious. I don't understand why Slide saw it that way. Beca because, and this is good, I'm not a filmmaker. <laughs> I barely understand how Velcro works. But so to, to me, like when you're this close, all, yeah. all of the features are gone. So you're focusing on the eyes and the intensity. And yeah. it's almost like, like uh, we've always heard eyes of the doorway to the soul or window to the yeah. soul or whatever. Yeah. So but I always liked that. I always felt if you came this far, this is vain like mm -hmm. this. Cause you get the whole headshot in, right? You get everything. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. when you're here, I always thought that was to tell a story. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, no, we got, I got to take that out. But I, I don't know if he took it out or not. I don't, I don't think he did. I think he left it in. Um, well, maybe he, I don't know. Maybe he knows what his intent was behind it. Maybe it was. For yeah. The right. Right. Who right. knows? <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah, because I'm not seeing it from that point of view. That's true. That's true. All right. I want to talk about something that I've actually had conversations with Sly about this. Hmm. Carl Weathers sells a punch, selling, a, like taking a punch better than any other person in any movie ever. OK, mm -hmm. so I, I before I go start talking very quickly about this, would you just play that little video of let's see, I think it's. Drago beating him in the ring. Pay attention to Drago and when he punches, how Carl reacts. P please see that. Drago! Ooh, 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 
when he kicks his hip right at the end of that clip, Carl Weathers kicks his hips back. First, he does mm-hmm. the right and then the left. It just the way he does it, his whole body contorts to absorb the punch. It's like that that old cartoon with the fat guy that gets the cannonball in the belly and the, the body starts to <laughs> wrinkle back. I don't know how Carl Weathers does with his body what Jim Carrey does with his face. As right. You know what I mean? Good Carl, one, yeah. He is that freaking amazing at this, okay? Uh, I've never seen – so uh, uh, Sly obviously does a great job of, of it too, but none of Rocky's opponents have, have done it well. And Sly brought that to my attention one time. He, he had told me how with Mr. T, who Sly loves, by the way, he said, you know, we had a hard time trying to get T to sell – that punch in a dramatic artistic way. And when you mm-hmm. watch the second fight, all T is doing is he's knocking his head back. Right. Like and right. Sly told me he had to edit around that. They had worked for weeks on it, but it was like, T couldn't find his rhythm when it came to that. Everything else T was perfect. He wasn't an actor. And I remember Sly had mentioned, I, I I'm paraphrasing, but Sly had said, I didn't have T act as much as I set him loose on the camera. Like he just oh. let Mr. T be Mr. T. Right. You know, right. And since right. all of his scenes were essentially with Sly, like Sly gave Clever Lang the line, Mr. T the lines. And so T mm-hmm. says, okay, here's, here's a bunch of them, threw it in his brain, and out comes something that Sly could work with. But in T's words, oh, there's a little bird I think flew into your room. That's for my hey. dad's medications. <laughs> <laughs> See now this should be left in because this is funny. I like I like that. That's okay. totally funny. All right. So so to me, there is such an art form because obviously Clubber Lang, when he throws those roundhouses in there, mm. Jesus. I mean, and he has the the the, the groaning like a broken mm. 18-wheeler, like <laughs> it's just crazy. Drago <laughs> is the same way. Like Drago, Dolph Lundgren has a very distinct punch to him like when he does i can't even do it the way he does it but it's so sellable the strength well what's your thoughts on that i love the contrast but just between their training you know what i'm saying and they're right steroids so you know the way like you said the way he throws that punch you can feel the force right through the screen and Dolph lundgren with just the expression on his face it's very very intense i don't know Mr. T is my favorite villain. I love He's awesome. I just, I love the way he delivered his lines. He's so visceral in every way. It's funny because I watched the movie a million times and yes, I know he only has one move, but I don't know. It never seemed for me. It never felt right. repetitious. It, right. it just, I don't know. It never, that never bothered me. And I, I would agree too. I would agree. And Danny Watley, when you watch this, write us and tell us your thoughts on this because I, to me, you're like the Rocky Three guru. All yes. right, I am yes. like the guru for Rocky One and almost Rocky Two and Balboa. But I know you don't. You notice a lot. Danny and I have yeah. a lot of conversations about Rocky Three, and mm-hmm. uh, so I, I would be interested in hearing his thoughts. Stace, can you just hit that one where it's um. Creed is dying and Rocky's holding him in the ring. Just everybody pay attention to this because this drove me nuts. Go ahead. (laughs) 
Okay, so Apollo Creed has been murdered in the ring. He's convulsing on the canvas, okay? Right. Everyone's swarming in. And the number one priority of the ring announcer, who is Leroy Neiman, do you all know who Leroy Neiman is? Most of you probably do because you guys are big fans. But if you don't know who Leroy Neiman was, he was a great artist. He was world-renowned. And some of his work was <laughs> at the end, uh, right above, right in back of Stacy. That yep. is Leroy ne That's an original Leroy Neiman, okay? That's how Rocky Three closes out. In Rocky Three. Uh, three when he's training there's that giant floor to ceiling mm. uh from the poster of rocky three there's that image okay so Leroy name is he's in uh, rocky two he's sketching apollo creed when apollo is jumping rope in his palatial gym okay right. anyways <laughs> Leroy neiman died a few years ago but he was a great great artist uh anyways he is the announcer at the drago fight and <laughs> apollo's Dead in the ring, Rocky's love breathe for God's sake. The winner, Ivan Drago. Really? Yeah, That's no like, kidding. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. So <laughs> I know I said I wasn't gonna pick on Rocky Four, but that just I'm like I, like I I it's it just too much. Like, yeah. So I'm thinking if there was no other thing they filmed, mm. maybe just Take that out. Don't even announce there's a winner. Right. Right. Because it would be investigated by a hundred sanctioning bodies. The government right. will give, I mean, it would be totally investigated. There would be no winner. Right. No, that's true. I mean, part of it though is is I think to just highlight how callous, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the Russian environment can be like, oh, if he dies, yeah. he dies. I yeah, win. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you know, ultimately, it, it comes down to this. Uh, so I don't want to name drop, but I'm going to. So I was on the set of Creed 2, and I happen to have a very long conversation with Sly about this. And we, we talked about it in passing. And it's just, let me just set the scene. So I, I don't know, Stace, I'll send you the, uh, just a quick picture to refresh everyone's mind. Sure. So the Sly is, they've just recorded the morning. It was an all-day affair where Drago shows up at the restaurant and he uh, it challenges Rocky, okay, to get Adonis okay. into the ring in, in, in the second spinoff of the, the Rocky Balboa mythology. So they, get, they took a lunch break, and I don't know why Sly never went to lunch. He's, he went outside, and he is... Dressed as Rocky, he's got the fedora, he's got the gray sweatshirt on, just as we saw in the movie. And Dolph Lundgren is talking with his people in the middle of the street. And right across the street from the Victor Cafe is maybe 200 people. And I, I'm inside, and I get a call on my phone from Greg, uh, who owns the the, oh, right. the who owns yeah, <laughs> the Stefano who owns the the Victor Cafe. And he goes, Mike, Sly is on the side of the building. He's all by himself. Come out now. Now is your window. So I nice. go out. And I, you know, I start talking to him and Sly out. He knew who I was or whatever. And so I start standing. I'm standing in the street and then I move to the gutter. Right. I'm standing in the gutter. He's up on the sidewalk smoking the stogie. Right. It was the greatest thing ever. And I'm asking, I just go asking him all these questions. And one thing leads to another. And I had said, okay, Rocky Jr. in Rocky four is like six. Right. When he comes back to Rocky Five, he's 14. 
Right. I, well, you're gone. Rocky's gone to Russia for eight weeks. Now, <laughs> as I'm asking this, Drago is over here. He's just out of camera range. He's just over my, he's got his hands in his pockets and he's looking at me and he's looking at Sly and he's looking back to me because I could, I could kind of see him out of the corner of my eye. Right. Mm. And Sly, I'll never forget this. It was the best move ever by Sly. You know, you're thinking too much, Mike. You just enjoy the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best answer ever. I love that. In other words, it's an editing date. We get it. There's a big right. jump in age. We know. We know. Right. It's a mistake. But what are you going to do? You know, if Christopher Reeve can fly, if you can have a <laughs> lightsaber fight with a light sword, okay, with Darth Vader, my God, man, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I think, you know what? He's just taking advantage of real time. You know, the yeah. real audience, yeah. the time yeah. has passed, so they're not yeah. thinking that, oh, this is only a few weeks later. <laughs> I know, you know, I know. It's great. I love that. And and to me, I just I I got a million stories like that. that he's, he told me, and I just love it. It's just so funny, and it's just he, he's just so matter of fact about it. Like, ah, that's that's the way it goes. Because when yeah. you're younger, you know, you don't really notice these things. Because at least I didn't notice it at at first mm -hmm. either because you're so nope. enamored with everything you're just i mean that the rocky four is going on rocky five everything's happening and you're like oh my god and not until you watch it six thousand times you say wait a minute the, the kid was six <laughs> <laughs> i probably told that story before but i i just i had to say it again because you know um i don't know i i find it uh i find it funny Anyways, yeah, listen, thanks one. for thanks for letting me uh, go on that little tyrant. I, I wanted to talk about that. And I, a few more things I'll talk about. But hey, do we have a guest today? We do. We have a very cool guest today for episode 70. Why don't you tell us about this gentleman? So uh, here's a guy. His name is Sean McFadden. Sean is a guy who is uh, basically from my hometown. And he is someone who is truly embrace the rocky philosophy we're not talking about somebody who goes to the gym and builds big muscles and stuff. i'm talking about a guy who embraces the inner rocky what it means to pay it forward what it means to give now if you've been watching this podcast for any length of time you'll know i've uh i've given these tours to uh, people from the UK. And every year, uh, Marco and uh, Naylor and Sean Wallace, we put together this big tour. And uh, the first one we did, there were two guys who had a dream to be in the ring. Now, when we had Suki on a few weeks back, Suki yeah. was one of these guys. We have another guy called Azadine, and yeah. their dream was to mix it up with a real fighter in the ring. Here's what Sean did. You guys know, I'm going to recap it very briefly. Sean, who is a boxer himself, yeah, he steps into the ring and instead of being a human, he allows himself to being a punching bag yeah. and he instructs these guys. He gave these guys three minutes. I think it was three one minute rounds. I think that's what it was. Sean, well, I'm sure he'll correct me because I don't remember exactly. But what I remember is standing off to the side with Tony Peach, who is uh, we're going to get him on the on this uh, podcast soon. And I remember welling up with tears watching what was happening. I remember seeing Sean, the only person in the world that could give a dream. He just gave them a dream right there. He made it come true. I was so caught up with emotion. I remember, I think I cried. 
I really because I get very emotional at things like that. And yeah. Sean is someone who I thought he's got a great. I mean, he was in a, a Super Bowl commercial with with Sylvester Stallone and Chris Rock. I mean, before Chris Rock got slapped. So, you know, it, this guy, <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, Sean, Sean's got a great story. And he also has a very deep connection with Sylvester Stallone, one we've never even explored here. One I definitely no. want to talk about. So is is he available? Is he here? He is. He is. Take a look at this guy. Here he is. Hi, Sean. Hey. Hello, everybody. Hello. How Thank are you? you? Thank you for having me on. It's just, this is an honor. Well, Sean, it, it it's not every day we get a chance to talk with wish wish givers. Okay. Yeah. You right? are a guy who has made a fantasy, a dream. You made it a reality for Azadine and Suki. Um. So I, obviously, I just mentioned all of that. Just take us. We're going to get to what Rocky means to you in a moment, but just take us through. That morning when you chose to put yourself as a punching bag in the ring. Oh, boy. Um, well, um, it's it's just something uh, it's it's just how it's just how I live. Um, I, I any any gym that I step into, um, I'm always looking around to help uh, kids, other adults. Um, and uh, I got to know these guys for a couple of days on the tour and they're. Everybody from the UK was just amazing. Um, uh, Marco, Sean, um, Azardine, Silky. Uh, I, I want to go on and say everybody's name, um, but uh, I, and I will. I'm, and uh, but uh, um, getting having them in the ring um, and allowing them to fulfill their dream um, was it was amazing. And I'm so glad I was honored that I was able to have the opportunity to do that with them. And uh, I. I I don't really have the words to describe it other than, other than that. And uh, it's very emotional for me too, um, especially listening to you, how you describe it and knowing how much it meant to them. Um, yeah. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't get very, I'm, I'm, forgive me. I'm very nervous. It's like, I, I feel like I'm walking out to a big fight here today. <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, so it was, uh, I had a very, uh, deep emotional connection that day as well. Um, we were in front street. Um, I'm very good friends, uh, with the owners there. And, um, Franny let us in there to do that. And I was so, so, so happy. And, uh, um, and so happy for Sookie and Azardine. And I, other than that, I don't, I don't know what else to say. I just, yeah. uh, Sean, we, we've had, we played that video several times on, on the podcast and I no doubt Stacy is probably going to drop it in again. Was it three one-minute rounds or one three-minute round? Three two-minute rounds. Those three two-minute rounds. Yeah. Right. Wow. And yep. I remember it was the longest six minutes of their life. Yes. I remember. And as the dean even had blood, I remember. And he wanted that. 
He wow. wanted that full feeling. But I also, I, I was focused on, I mean, I was focused on everybody, but I was really focused on you and I was listening to you. And during your, your movement, you got the gear on and everything. You're instructing them. Yeah. No, 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 keep the left up. Keep the right. Okay. Now I'm going to do this. So you got to do that. Okay. Yes. And I found that remarkable i i just wanted to hug you in that moment that's the emotion you brought out in me i was so proud of you sean in that moment i swear to god thank well thank you thank you so much for that and i appreciate that and that's how that's how i coach um when i have new kids or other other uh grown adults that want to learn how to box and i'm teaching them um i'm speaking to them um as i'm getting hit and as i'm hitting them I'm, I'm, I'm teaching them. Um, yeah. and that's how, that's how I teach everybody. That's it's very that, that's, Apollo. <laughs> yeah, very, very much so. Very yeah. much so. At any point, do you wear a pink sweater and grab a bunch of grapes and tell them you're going to pound that sass right out of them, kid? I make everybody. <laughs> yes. And then everybody, we all got to chase chickens. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Pound frozen beef. That yep. That's exactly. That's the McFadden way. So, okay. Um, Let's let's kind of let's kind of get on a timeline here. So, when is the first time you see Rocky? Oh wow! Um, well, I was very young. Um, it was uh, the late seventies. Um, it was I think uh, it was well, I know it was on HBO and Rocky gotcha. one, Rocky two, and it might have been the early eighties. And I, I don't exactly. I was like seven, eight, maybe nine years old. I was very young, um, and uh, it was on Homebox and and. Um, it was like like the marathons, but but on home box, like Rocky one, Rocky two, yeah. and Rocky three. And uh, I was just always so amazed, and um, I, I because of my past and everything like that, I resonated um, very much so with uh, Mr. Stallone's character. And even at that time, I didn't realize how much I was going to resonate. Um, yeah. until later in my life. Exactly right. And I, I want to just touch on the same school that you guys went to in, in just a moment. But uh, so for for me, I, I know when I watched that original Rocky, it, it kicked my life into like I was going this way and Rocky took me over here. Yes. It, did you experience something comparable to that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes, I did. And I and um, every every day since I watched it um, from very young. Um, I grew up in an environment living in the city of Reading, which is right outside of Philadelphia. Um, I had a uh, very um, mentally ill, uh, abusive step grandfather who, you know, basically the same when you, uh, um, you get told every day you're never going to make, you're never going to do, which is the same what they told Rocky in yeah. the movie. You're not going to make it. You're a bum. You're this, you're that. You're never going to amount to anything. And for a moment, I think he almost believed it, but he never gave up on himself. And I, and I never gave up on myself. And I, and, uh, I saw, I've lived that. That's my whole life. Now you found, by the way, what's your favorite Rocky? So Rocky is my favorite. Yeah. Um, but I have to, I have to add something to that because yeah, of course. now, now that I am a, a 46 year old competitive fighter, um, Balboa, actually, I resonate with that because of the stuff in the basement. Of course. Yeah. Well, we all, that's, Sean, that's the thing. I used to have it ranked Rocky 1, Rocky 2, and Rocky Balboa. 1, 2, and 3. Those were my top favorite. But the older I get now at 54, I find I'm way closer to a 60-year-old Rocky. 
in Balboa than I am the 30 year old, you know, tough guy who's just getting started. So I, I, I know exactly where you're coming from. So at what point in your life do you realize you and Sylvester Stallone share a background of a Devereaux school? When, when yeah. does that start to come in and you realize that? Well, um, oh boy. Well, I was 10 years old and um, I wound up getting put away. Um, life at home wasn't very good and times were different. Um, you didn't have a whole lot of help like you do today with services and stuff like that. Nobody, right. nobody would ever ask what was going on at the house. You just see that uh, two older people taking care of somebody who was basically not wanted. Um, and uh, so nobody ever asked what was going on and they wound up, uh, I wound up getting put away in the Devereaux Foundation and I was, I wound up being there for seven years. What is, and um, what is the Devereaux Foundation? So Devereaux Foundation is a residential treatment facility um, from anywhere from people who have trouble at home life, people who, I mean, to some major crimes and people who have some severe mental, mentally ill and mental and pro violence problems. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what we had to live with every day. And um, I just want to uh, say one thing real quick. Um, when Mr. Stallone was on um, uh, the podcast with his daughters. Yeah. Um, and he spoke about and had the courage to finally speak because I've read and I and I know some of the inside stuff, which I'll, I'll tell you in a second, but I just want to thank him for the courage that he had to speak of it with his daughters because that's the first time I've ever in all these years have ever heard him speak about uh, speak about it in depth. Your time at Devereaux, that's still amazing. around. And it's a school for troubled kids, like mm -hmm. behavioral issues. A school where you never go home. Right. right. So give listeners maybe context of how this would be different from a okay, general they take public you school. At a certain, you know, they test you, and some some people are sent there by the state, but you have to have a certain patient IQ for something. Mm -hmm. You can't just be a horrible human being. You have to have like some shining grace, something. Right. And I don't know, they found it in art, but that school was so strict and so difficult that... Anytime you had a problem, you're dealing with another 25 kids in your class. Every one of them had severe, like, violent problems or they came from home or they had seriously is serious issues uh, between their parents and them, just odd. And when you would become truant, now you lived there, God, but if you were late for classes that, or you're, you're flirting with a girl, they would take you to a place called well, it was called Byberry one time. Oh, yeah, I that. No, but it's called Park Lodge. And Park Lodge was a building where they would send lifers to. And a lifer is a person that never gets out. It ever. was an insane asylum. Yeah, pretty much. An insane asylum. It's an insane asylum. And I'm going, what am I doing in an insane asylum? All I was doing was talking to a couple of kids. But they would you use it. You were sent to the insane asylum? Yeah. From how old did it punish you? Yeah. Well, how old were you? 16. There? So right. you were flirting with girls at this behavioral school, and to yeah. punish the students, they would like have them go as a retreat. One week, to the two science. weeks, three weeks. No way! Into Whoa. a padded cell. Yeah. That's so wrong. Oh, it's so wrong. It, it, until you've been there and you're with people that are in that situation for life. Again, girls, this is in the '60s, and the world is a different place. And I want to thank him for that because um, he. D I don't. 
I don't think he realizes sometimes how much courage he gave to all of us 10, 12, 13, 14 year old kids that were in there. And, you know, he talks about in the 60s um, when he was there and about the corporal punishment and, and how they would lock you away for two weeks in, 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 a, in, a, in a closed room. Um, well, they still did that in the, in the 80s and the early 90s. And everything was everything was hush hush. And, you know, even if they left a bruise on you, you, you got put away until it went away. And they, they just put you on medicine to like you have 200 and some kids here that are all either violent or whatever. And so they control you with medicine and they, they kind of hide you from the rest of the world. And he knows and he knows that. And I'm so glad he had courage to come out and talk about it. And it, it, it gave me courage to be able to speak about it a little bit more in depth myself. Yeah, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Now, you knew one of the counselors or teachers. Yes. Well, right. So, yeah, this is this is actually amazing. So an old Englishman named Gunther Abraham um when so when i was 10 years old um and he was he was there so we were only there about 20 some years apart um and uh gunther abraham was his therapist and that was one of the very first stories that he ever told me um there wasn't all the hipaa rules and stuff like that he actually shared a funny story about mr stallone actually taking a joyride in a car one time that was one of the reasons why he was there so i don't know if that's 100 percent true or not that's what mr mr uh uh, Gunther Abraham had told me, um, but uh, it was a pretty cool story, and he told that to a lot of us kids. and And what it did was it gave us hope because we all seen Rocky, and yeah. we seen the Rambo's, and Cobra was out at this time already too. and And we used to think like, well, if if Mr. Sloan would be here with us in this horrible environment, and he made it out, and he did so good, well, so could we. And that's that's what I took from it. It gave me hope, and I I didn't have a whole lot back then, right. and. Uh, and that's and I, that's how I've, for the rest of my life for the next thirty some years I've lived I lived like that. Stacy, you've been a huge proponent of mental well being. You've done yeah. quite a lot around this. Uh, what what's your thoughts so far on this? Wow, Sean, I um, these stories break my heart. And when you find young men, especially men and women, but when you find young men who are violent, who are suffering that doesn't happen you know what i'm saying that doesn't happen accidentally there's there's a story behind some of these very sad stories and you find people oh that kid's a jerk or that kid's a loser that you know what if you heard what those parents did to that child or a grandparent did to that child there's always a story and i it's sad that you came up in a time where you didn't have the help and where they were hiding things and how they were handling these young men in a very, very unhealthy way, which is kind of like, this isn't, is this making me better? This isn't even making me any better, you know? And so I'm just like, wow, you're, you're Rocky and Stallone. You kind of have two inspirations, you know, cause you know what Stallone understands about that. And, yeah. yes. you know, and Rocky there. I just, I'm just like, wow, I just love this. I mean, talk about you are a living, breathing example of both. And you still have this softness in this heart about you. I, I, letting go of anger. Like if you had to give a message to these angry, angry men, and I understand why they're angry because the abuse is horrific. How? How do you get there? How do you become well, soft? 
Well, that's um, it's and, funny. And kind, you know. Um, here's this is what I tell a lot of my students um, when I speak to them about this. Um, a lot of them that have been with me, especially my two girls. I have two female fighters, and they know me better than anybody. Um, what I tell them and what I tell other young men that I mentor is you find your kindness through the violence. Okay? You know what it is to be traumatized. You know what it is to have to fight through things. Um, as Mr. Stallone says, um, uh, life's cheap shots, the low blows. Um, and uh, and here's the, the when since, oh my goodness. I understood when he wrote Rocky and it came out and I didn't, and I seen it for the first time at the second time, the 5,000th time in the other movies. Um, I, 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 I understand the creative, it's not to create, I feel, I understand that emotion that he wrote it with because he grew up just like we did. It, it, I, I wasn't just a, a fan looking at a movie saying, wow, that's a great movie. I was thrown out of every school I was ever in until I got put away. And then, um, and I know he got thrown out of every school he was ever in. I mean, he was thrown out of the Pennsylvania State School District. He was thrown out of Maryland School District. Um, you know, so we resonated with that. And uh, um, and he always, he always says, you know what's one of the greatest things I took uh, from his lessons, Mr. Stallone's lessons is um, be your own hero. Um, you know, always live your own best life and be your own hero. Um, and I've, I, I try to do that every single day. Do you think the more you help, the more you pass on and pay it forward, do you think that continues to help you let go of the past? Or have you already by now completely let go? Or is it a, a daily thing? Um, it is, it is a absolute daily thing that I have to fight. The monster rattles the cage every yeah. single day. And that's why I have to competitively fight. I gotcha. Okay. I, um, and, but, but I also found my kindness. Like I said before, I found my kindness through my violence. Gotcha. Um, and I, give, like, and I, and one other thing I, I teach to my kids is we practice violence in the gym and kindness everywhere else. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the guy, I'm, I'm the guy carrying the spit bucket saying, oops. And then I get made fun of. Right. Right. Okay? Right. Right. But when I get in there and that bell rings, uh, here's a, it's a fly. I just like, I fight like Rocky and I coach like Mickey. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, every, and anybody that says, well, those are fictional characters. You can't, you can't live like that. Why can't I, who made the rules and say, I can't do that. I can, I can do that's exactly what I do every single day. Yeah, Sean, I actually started a petition for people who say those are fictional people. Right. I have a petition. I have about 12 million subscribe uh, uh, signatures on it right now. I want those people to go live in an island south of Australia <laughs> somewhere. I know. I don't ever want them to be heard from again because this, right. is, this is not. Yes, they're fictional, but there is a message. There, yes, there is, is there is a yes. philosophy and a yes. message. And if you're smart enough, you can figure this out and uh you know what is what does our mutual best friend say keep moving forward right that's right keep moving forward yes that, that's yep. what it is now yep. anytime you anytime i jump too far ahead on the timeline you bring us back and bring it around but okay. but i want to talk about something that you and i were supposed to be in the same super bowl commercial 
Okay. <laughs> I yeah. had a previous engagement. There was no way I was getting out of. I had it to be, I had to be someplace else. Your right. life, everything about you has led you to a very quintessential moment over your right shoulder. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I, I love this above you. High on the wall is a picture of you and Sylvester Stallone. Uh, yeah. and, and who's in back of you. I know that guy in back of you. That's Jimmy Vasquez. Oh, Vasquez. Right, right, yep. right, right. Jimmy Vasquez. Yep. I, that's right. I know yep. him. So this is an amazing story. Would you take us through that from the beginning right through to the day of filming? Yes. Yes. I, yes, I will. Oh my goodness. So this is, this is, a, this is actually a pretty amazing story. Um, well, um, Mike, I got to tell you, I've actually followed you into Marco's group. Um, Rocky Balboa going the distance. And oh, okay. I got you. So, yeah. And, um, and then, um, Marco had put up a, an ad for, um, anybody who wants to, um, sign up for a commercial. We didn't know it was a Super Bowl. We didn't know Mr. Stallone was going to be there. Nothing. And you wanted, you were supposed to send a 30 second clip in of yourself as to why, um, you would like to be chosen to do this. And the deadline was, uh, December 10th. Okay. And this was like November 10th. It was like a month beforehand. Well, weeks went by and I didn't do it. Um, I never thought I was going to get picked. I'm like, uh, you know. Is that why you didn't do it though? But just um, like self-doubt? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I, you know, like, like I, I figured there was going to be thousands and thousands of entries. Right. And I knew, and I knew I had a, I had a very good story, but I just wasn't sure. And so finally, you know what happened? Um, on December 10th, the ver the deadline. I'm driving home from work. I said, you know what? I got to do it. I put my phone up. I'm driving down the highway and I got my phone next to my face and I'm talking as I'm going like 30 seconds. And I just, you know, basically said that I went to the same school with Mr. Stallone. I'm a fighter because of Mr. Stil because of Mr. Stallone. And uh, I've lived my whole life the Rocky way. And uh, maybe about an hour later, I got I got an email um, saying that we, we are taking your video directly to the boss and um, we'll get we'll get back to you. Can you make it to Philly um, this weekend? Because yes. we filmed the 15th <laughs> and 16th. I'm like, what? Like, this is crazy. Everybody said, you better be careful. You're going to drive down to Philly and they're going to put you in a torture chamber. Or something. No, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Know it was real, you know, um, so finally I, I started talking to to, uh, to the director and uh, it was me and another gentleman, Jimmy Vasquez, who became, oh, my goodness, we become such good friends. He's such an awesome guy. And uh, so I, so they said, well, we're going to fly you to Philly. And I said, well, I don't, I'm only two hours away. I can drive. And I know Philadelphia pretty well. I, I grew up around there. And uh, I said, okay, well, we got your hotel reservation and everything like that. And then, you know, get settled in. And um, we expect you at six o'clock in the morning at the Philadelphia Art Museum steps and we'll start filming. I'm like, okay. So I get down there the most beautiful i don't remember the name of the hotel but it was the most beautiful hotel i've ever stayed in and i uh, met jimmy right away he came in and we, he had his rocky shirt his rocky hat on I, I i just knew before i even got introduced to him i knew it was him yeah. and we introduced each other uh to ourselves and um yeah. and uh so that was great we hit it off right away um we wound up going to to dinner that night um and uh the next morning we got a cab together out um, to the art museum steps. Um, when the director uh, found us, um, there were so many extras, all of the paid actors, there was so many of them. They, they grabbed the two of us, they 
they've moved us past um, everybody and put us into our own dressing room. And we're like, well, something big's here. This is crazy. We got our own coffee pot. We got everything. We're like, like, like treating us like superstars. Ha, you and know, you did... made it when you had your own coffee pot, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, 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 then they put us to wardrobe, but we already came. We already came dressed like, you know, in our Rocky clothes. I had my, right. I had my hands taped up. Um, we had our hats on everything. So they didn't need to give us anything from wardrobe. We came prepared. Um, and, uh, so we went out, um, uh, out on the steps. They put us right up in the front. Um, we couldn't believe it. And uh, um, so we start filming. They had they had the extra. We still didn't know it was for Facebook. We didn't know anything. We were just yeah. there. We were just enjoying the moment. And it was like twenty degrees outside. It was snow flurrying. It was freezing cold. Um, there was a few <laughs> people. A few of the actors were complaining, you know, because this is what they do every single day. We're we're, we're just like kids on Christmas. Right. Um, you know, and uh, so finally we start filming everything and a couple hours go by. It's nine in the morning. Everybody went to first break and uh, we, me and Jimmy stayed out there. We didn't want to miss, we didn't want to miss anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were just living in the moment and um, the tents were down below and Jimmy hits me on the shoulder and says, Sean, look, look. And I'm like, is that, is that who I think it is? And he said, no, it can't be. And I said, and I looked and it was Mr. Stallone. I said, oh my God. He said, yeah. I said, yes, it was. And that's where he, he actually went with the director down to the statue and he filmed the teaser about what was coming. Right. And we watched the whole thing, but we didn't want to, we didn't want to rush up on him or anything. We didn't want to be rude or anything like that. So we just kind of kept our composure, even though we didn't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and Jimmy, Jimmy, we weren't supposed to have our phones out there um, or anything like that. And, um, so Jimmy snuck his out and uh, we talk about it. We joke about it now. And uh, later on we went, it was lunchtime. And now we have to watch Mr. Stallone. We're right next to him, two feet away from him. Uh, him and Chris Rock are changing. Um, the extras are coming in that are, that are they're, 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 they're practicing. And then they, then they bring Mr. Stallone and Chris Rock in for the real takes. And uh, I mean, I right, right in front of you, like is uh, two feet away. And um then they went, everybody went to lunch. And again, um, me and Jimmy stayed there. We didn't want to move. We didn't want to miss an opportunity to be able to see Mr. Stallone. I, I got to add this too. Um, when they, we did get a small break, one of the things that was the most amazing thing I've seen um, during that day was Mr. Stallone came down into the crowd and took selfies with everybody. He had, we had like five minutes and he just came right down in the crowd and he was so personable. He never forgot where he came from. Mm -hmm. And um, that meant so, so much to all of us. And just hanging out, talking with us. Um, that That's amazing. Um, I know. And uh, then everybody went to lunch and we stayed there. And next thing we know, there were, there's Mr. Stallone talking to one of the maintenance workers, just, just having a conversation. Like, and uh, Jimmy Tabs, he said, listen, take my phone. This is the only opportunity you're probably going to get. Go. So I almost didn't. And I did. I went over and I said, Mr. Stallone, may I please have a picture with you? And he said, sure. And we tried to do a selfie and I have a couple of them. And then um, he actually, this, we weren't able to get our, our fighters pose in. So he grabbed the phone and he flipped it around and he asked the, the, the gentleman who was the maintenance worker. He's, and he said, uh, he said, here, take a, take a picture for the commissioner and I. And just joking uh. with 
you know what I mean? And um, and it was so amazing. And Jimmy got in a picture with us, and uh, that's the canvas I have up behind me. That's nice. and it was so it was so amazing. And um, I was like, it was uh, I I couldn't believe it. And um, and to go so to continue that, we started filming again, and we had another quick little break, but nobody was separating. And um, Mr. Stallone was. Oh, man, a, a foot in front of me, and um, I, I rehearsed what I wanted to say for since I was 10 years old. And I finally got an opportunity, and I said, Mr. Stallone, may I please have a moment of your time? And uh, I just, sir, I would like to shake your hand, and uh, I would like to thank you for so many years of, of, of hope. I said I, I was from the Devereaux Foundation as well, and uh, he says, oh man, he said, that was a weird place. I was there back in the 60s. I said, yes, sir, I was there in the 80s and it was it was still a weird place then. And we shared a laugh. And uh, I asked to shake his hand one more time and he gladly did. And I, I waited I waited my whole life to be able to say that to him. And yeah. I, I didn't think I'd ever get a chance to. And all this stuff happened and um, I and I can't I can't thank I can't thank I can't thank you enough because I followed you into the group. I can't thank Marco enough and um, uh, for for giving me the opportunity and and for me having the finally having the guts to try take a chance. Um, yeah. And uh, and then even some of the other things that happened, um, you know, Mr. Messina with Fight Story, which I, I don't want to. If I'm jumping ahead, I apologize. No, that's okay. That's okay. One thing led to another, and we so we did the. Let's go back. We did the Super Bowl. We found that it was a Super Bowl commercial, mm -hmm. um, and uh, it was for Facebook uh, for the groups, mm -hmm. and they did a special interview with with Jimmy and I, and um, and uh, we couldn't believe it. We, we we were silenced. We couldn't say nothing for a couple, for until it came out, uh, which was hard. It was uh, crazy, um, but uh, oh boy, I just. <laughs> and that, that, that's that, that that's it the super bowl commercial came out and um it was the most amazing thing to be there i, I i'm sorry i'm long-winded i i just uh, this, this is what we want okay yeah. Your yeah. Dream. yeah this is uh it was so it was so it was so amazing um yeah. i'll never forget it for the rest of my life because i didn't think it was ever going to happen I, I i gotta tell you i sent i sent a hundred letters to to, to um to fan sites in different places to try to tell him this over the years. Sure. I even mm -hmm. remember seeing, and, um, uh, there was a, there was a special, a documentary on the expendables where Mr. Stallone, um, actually spoke in the documentary about everybody recognizes him as Rocky or Rambo. Um, and you know, they call him Rocky Rambo, you know, mm -hmm. um, and they don't, they don't necessarily call him Mr. Stallone. And I just always wanted to tell him that, I'm thankful for you as who you are, because that's who gave me the hope that I needed. And I love the characters, but it was you yourself. And I yeah. just wanted to tell him that, you know, so and well, I, all I, the other kids. I promise you, if he doesn't remember from that day, he'll know it now. I'm yeah. telling you, he, this is something that I promise you slides very, very aware and grateful of. He, he understands the gravity of what he wrote, he yeah. of of the performance of Rocky, of what this character stands for, and how people is so universal that it just applies to so many of us across the board in every country across the world, and that right. that's 
not a lot of movies are like that. You know, not right. not a lot of people are going to get that. So when it when right. it comes to Rocky, he he gets that. He he right. he really really does. Now, if you have you also you did this thing with um uh Messina, right? Yeah. Uh, what what's yeah. it called again? I I apologize. It's a fight fight story. Fight, fight story. story. Yep. There you go. So just very quickly, tell us a little bit about that. What okay. what did that entail? All right. Uh, well, it wasn't long after after the uh, the the Super Bowl commercial. Um, Mr. Messina w- was on uh, Marco's group, um, uh, Rocky Balboa going the distance, and uh, you know looking to do interviews for an upcoming show called Fight Story. And I says, well, I took the chance on the Super Bowl. I'm I'm going to take a chance again. And right. uh, so so I got in contact with John and I told him a little bit about uh, my story and. Uh, we uh, right in my boxing gym where we're at right now. Um, I set up just like I'm talking with you, and we spoke on uh, is it Vimo or Vimeo? Vimeo. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, for like two hours we spoke, and we and nice. we got once we once we broke through the the awkwardness of you know first meeting somebody, uh, we spoke like we were best friends, um, and we just it just kind of just like I'm with you guys. It's just when we yeah. talk about. Rocky or Mr. Stallone, everything just comes starts to come out for us so naturally. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like and it's so awesome. Yeah, and but you know what? You know, was... you know why that is, Sean? Because you're coming from a position of knowledge and and comfort because you know yes. you live that life, but yes. you know yes. it. You you yes. know th- there's such support and self-belief in all this. So when you talk it, you you nobody knows how nervous or insecure anyone could be. Because you're you're talking about something that you're so passionate about. Yes. Oh, uh, I get 100%, 100%. it. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I get it. So Fight Story is out there now. And where can people see you in Fight Story? So it, it's on it's on Amazon Amazon Prime. It's on Tubi. Um, there, and a few other st- streaming platforms. Nice. I think we're on like five or six of them right now. Um, nice. And uh, it, it's, 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 it's awesome. Um, it's, 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 you know, people that, that come from... Uh, tough backgrounds or yeah. or just just something they had to overcome and uh and took rocky as an inspiration and and john wrote um an incredible um uh like a narrative yes yes uh beautiful and it's a beautiful his own story is very beautiful which which in, with what it, what inspired him yeah. to do mm-hmm. it and um fight story too i i get the chance to meet all of these people that have all of these wonderful stories yeah, and they inspire me. I mean, there's, 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 there's little kids, there's, there's adults, um, and some different things. One gentleman fell and slipped and broke his neck, and he, and he was paralyzed from the, from the waist down, and he taught himself to walk again. You know, wow. um, we, we know Miss Nancy, um, from Canada, yeah. Canada, and we sure. know mm-hmm. and Rose. They have beautiful stories. You know, um, the Grasso family. You know, uh, they're just. Um, and I, I can't wait for everybody to see Fight Story too, because I got to meet some of the people and their stories. Nice. So it's so it's so it's great, and um, so it's very exciting. And I can't thank John enough. The same as I can't thank you enough, and thank you, Stacy, and even Mr. Rivoli. Um, I got his paintings. I noticed you. you've got some <laughs> Rivolis back up, there. Up, up upstairs, my my whole upstairs, um, going up my steps is is John's wall. So it's like everywhere. Yes, I know. I know the feeling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm running I out get, of space. 
I brought it in this space, so I'm, I'm all over the place. My wife's yelling at me, but I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, you know, Stacy, the last time I saw Sean, I was getting out of a car. I, I was doing something very unplanned. Uh, I I come into Scranton for my parents' birthday, and so they, they were doing whatever they were doing on Sunday, and Sue was tied up with her family, and I said, I haven't been up to Lake Scranton in about 100 years. And so mm -hmm. I said, okay, Lake, Lake Scranton's a big big lake in Scranton. It's like yeah. three, three and a half miles, whatever around. And I used to always run that when I was younger, when I was in really good shape. And so mm -hmm. I pull into the parking lot and I see this big truck with like rocky stuff on it, whatnot. And I go, oh, okay, it's probably a guy working on And then the truck stops and it's like staring at me. And then it backs up and <laughs> Sean, Sean jumps out. Hey. Said, Holy Jesus. Sean, what are you doing here? <laughs> Is up there training. I think one of your fighters you were training with. You guys are just on the lake. Yes, yeah, so Olivia, Olivia, and I, my my sixteen year old fighter, we were we were, we run the lake every Sunday. So yep, yep. Now so, let let wow. I want to. I just I gotta say this, and then and then I got and then anything else you got to say, Stace, and then I'm gonna ask Sean my last question, and we'll we'll let him get back to having uh, a normal day. So, um, what can you guys do the lake in? How long does it take you to go around? Um. So to do three and a half, probably about a half an hour. Okay. Okay. And, yeah. and that's a, at a jog, a walk, a fast drive. Like, how do you, what do you usually sometimes, do? Sometimes we mix it up, you know, to get gotcha. the um, if it's closer to, closer to a fight, um, we'll tend to be a little bit more speedy. And I have, so what I have a program to where we, um, we do a one mile warm up, and then the second mile we'll add 12 sprints into that. Okay. Um, maybe like 30 second sprints. And then the last mile and a half um, will will be like a cool down, you know. Now so, you stretch out before this, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah. You and do you know why you stretch out? Because you're intelligent. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. I saw you, and I walked a quarter mile down the trail, and I was not going to walk this path. I was not. Now I love Lake Scranton. We Sue and I used to go up there walking around all the time, whatever. When I was in the police academy, this is where we got our training in. Okay. okay. Uh, all right. My mind is 25 years ago. Okay? <laughs> I don't need to stretch. Are you kidding me? This, this is for children. I can handle this. Uh-huh. Right. Before I get to the dam, before I get to the dam, I'm limping. Okay. <laughs> I have this thing in the back of my right leg. If I stretch out, I would have been okay, but I didn't stretch out. So now I, where we start, it's like, it's not at the beginning of the lake or at, around the front or whatever. So you're like into a walk on the path already. And so I got to go around. So now I got this hamstring back of the knee thing killing me. I got to go to bathroom. Like you can't believe. And I still got two miles. I got to go. Yeah. Yeah, and I kept saying to myself, "Man, Sean isn't that much younger than me, and he just did this whole thing, and he wasn't even breathing heavy when he got back into the truck." I said, "I need to do some serious damage control." So you really inspired me to start doing it. So, anyways, I, I it only took me two and a half hours to get around the lake. Sean. <laughs> it was at a pathetic walk, but I did it one step at a time. That's it. One step at a time, one lake at a time, one <laughs> visit at a time. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Stacy, before we let Sean get back to having a, a normal afternoon, what else what else do you got for him? Um, well, just to add to that, I think it was funny that you said your cool down was a mile and a half. I'm like, mm. okay, <laughs> I got a little work to do myself if that's the cool I know. Down. <laughs> but, You're right, uh, right. 
But on a serious note, you know, you're you're the real deal. You're like you're the real McCoy in the in the Rocky world. You've walked those steps. You were at Devereaux. I mean, you 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 were in and faced all the things that Stallone faced, that Rocky faced. You're like the true story version of that. Stallone is his own true story. I've said it a thousand times. I don't care if the characters are fiction. It affects real lives. And just for a moment about parents and parenting, it's sad because I think as children, we put so much weight on their words and their actions. And as adults, we have to rewind and remind ourselves, you almost have to depersonalize it and remind yourself, you know what, these are just people who got pregnant. Just because you can get pregnant doesn't mean you know a damn thing about how to be a good mom and dad. Right. You know, they're just, and I hate to be, I don't mean to sound anti-family, but you, you got to detach. And for to, I'm saying that to you, I'm saying that to anyone who had crappy parents. Getting pregnant has nothing to do with parental skills and you decide what your value is. And you've done that. You're just, you amaze me. And my message to Sly is, what if Sean McFadden didn't have Rocky? Like, thank God. Thank yeah. God Rocky is out there for these kids who had lousy parents. And you can look at this and say, I can do more. I can get myself up and out because not just did Rocky, so does Salone. I mean, right. you, you, you just are all those things. And so your thank you to him had to have been one of the most sincere he's ever experienced. I, it just must have been um, an amazing, waited, amazing moment. Uh, I waited my whole life to say it to him and uh, yeah. I never going to get the opportunity. and. It's just, it's just, yeah. we always, and, and something to add to that is that no matter, no matter what you have, what happened in your life, no matter mm -hmm. what happened, um, yeah. you, you have a choice to be the, I have bad in me. I have good mm -hmm. in me. I choose what side to live by. Yeah. You know, so, and mm -hmm. it's just, no, I don't ever make excuses. I don't, I've never been a victim, no matter what happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's and that's what that's what um, his inspiration and in, in my life has taught me. You know, and I teach that to my, I teach that I have my own boxing gym here, Cerberus Boxing, and I have two female fighters. I have a, a ten-year-old fighter, and I have a sixteen-year-old fighter. Who the sixteen-year-old fighter? Um, I'm telling you right now, she's going to uh, be a world champion. Um, she's wow. already um, like a Pennsylvania state champion. Um, we can't even find her fights. I have to uh, go all over the United States to find fe females to fight her. Um, and we can't, we still can't. Nobody will get in the ring with her. That's how she's tough. Wow. And I, and I teach that mentality to them because boxing and being able to get in this ring is more mentality than the physicality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Amazing. Wow, Amazing. You know, I, I will say this. The <clears throat> the greatest lessons I've ever learned are, are usually from women. And I don't that's how tough that women are. But I don't mean like ex-girlfriends. I, I didn't learn much other than what I didn't want. OK, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I mean, like from female bosses or from just female friends or uh, along the way. You know, I've learned an awful lot about the the um, 
the intensity. So when you say that, but a 16-year-old young lady who is that tough, that does not surprise me. That's there, you know, and, and mm -hmm. thank goodness she's she's been under your tutelage. Now, listen, two things I want to say, and I'm going to let you go. Okay. One, I love the T-shirt on the ring post behind you. Oh, yes, yes. Now, that's what I call class, okay? Yep. <laughs> I love that. 1818 on the brick with the turtles underneath it. Do you know where we that. can get one of those shirts, Sean? Do you, where yes. did you get that at? From Mike Kunda. Hey! Hey! <laughs> cuff and, cuff, I love that shirt, and I love Cuff I love and Link. Yeah, what does Rocky say when, when they ask? Uh, now, Rocky, where did you come up with the name Italians? Oh, I invented that about six years ago when I was eating dinner, right? And so one night having dinner, that's where that came from. Okay, so uh, you have had a great conversations with Sly. You got to tell him what was in your heart. Yes. Today, when you leave us and you walk into a hotel somewhere and you have 30 seconds on an elevator with Sly, what do you say to him? Uh, what I would say to him is I would I would ask him to shake his hand again. I would thank him one more time. And then I would do what I didn't get a chance to do the day on those steps. And I would ask him to shadow box with me for 30 seconds in the elevator. Nice. That would, be something, that would be something that I that I wanted to do that day and I didn't get the opportunity. And uh, and just and just to be able to have a couple more minutes of his time or 30 sure. seconds would be great. Yeah. Isn't that something, though, Sean? The most valuable thing we can give each other is not our money. It's not a $20 right. bill. It right. is our time. And and the three of us, you know, we are not exactly young as springtime anymore, as they used to say, <laughs> as they right. say in Rocky. But, you know, we are a little older. And so uh, we're so young, but we are getting old. We're not getting younger. And time is the most important thing. So when you mm -hmm. get a guy like Stallone who just gives that time out and says, okay, yep, here, yes. I'm going to give you X amount. That is, that is something to hold on to more than any paycheck you ever could have gotten. Yes, yes, 100%. Time is the undefeated champion of the world. It really is. Rocky says it, and it must be true. Yes, yeah. 100%. <laughs> Sean, this might be one of my favorite interviews so far. I knew it was going to be great, and just being able to tell you uh, monitor to monitor how much I adore you and love you. And I think what you do is absolutely brilliant. I just, I want to thank you again from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for doing this podcast. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. It's been an honor. So we were so excited to have you on. You were oh, beautiful. There's going to be a lot of music. This one. <laughs> no, yeah, right. Exactly. Stacey, it's, been, it's been an honor to finally meet you and see you. Uh, I follow it. I follow you on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. So it's oh, always cool to see your stuff too. And I, thank I, you. I'm You're so sweet. Glad to get to talk to you. So yeah, we'll talk more for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. definitely. Sean, as our best friend says, keep punching. Keep punching. Bye, my friend. Thank you. Take care, buddy. Bye. Bye. How do you not love this guy? Oh, wow. See what I'm saying? You get this feeling when you're watching the movies, any of them really, but you know, Rocky one, Rocky two, there's that swell in your throat and your chest. I'm like, yeah, he absolutely matched that. I'm just he listening. Does. Yes, what he, he does. went through. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I am. This is, this is when I have, I don't have words because when somebody matches the compassion, the storyline, the sincerity, 
the gratefulness. He's so grateful. Like nobody's yes, grateful is. for anything anymore. Nope. Nobody knows how to say thank you. Nobody. Uh, his gratefulness is just so so genuine. I oh, I wish I could come up with other words, but wow. I know. Yeah, love him. Sean's a great guy, and um, I'm looking forward to bumping into him as <laughs> the days and weeks and years go on because I bump into him in the most unexpected places. So, And I do see him every once in a while down at the Front Street Gym whenever I bring a tour through or uh, whenever I go back home. I even yeah. bumped into his wife at this place called Cooper's Restaurant. She had uh, recognized me. She came over and said, oh, I'm Sean McFadden's wife. And, you know, he, you know, he spoke very nicely. And I said, oh, man, said, I love your husband. And it just... To be able to give back in that way is, right? is to me, that is the best gift we can do as Rocky fans is to pay it forward. What Sly gave us, what Rocky gave us, what those movies gave us. If we can somehow interpret and then pay that forward in, in, in a very simple but effective way. I know that's what I've tried to do with my life. And I we damn well know that's what Sean's doing. And right. how, do you, how do you not take your hat off to the guy and... Just say, wow, yep. way to go. Yeah. And to be pushing it into that younger generation, like all exactly. his students, and be like, hey, by the yes. way, if you don't know who Rocky is, that's your homework. Lesson number exactly. one. Exactly. Exactly. You, know, you got to get them into that mindset. And I just love when he's like, I, I'm not making excuses. I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. I'm not going right. to play the victim. And he has plenty to point fingers. And you did this to me, yeah. and you did that to me. Yeah. And he's not going to let it push him down. Right. I mean, he's he's the Rocky Rocky Balboa speech right there. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Wow. Well, Stacy, uh, our future guests are going to have a lot to live up to, and yeah, we got some good <laughs> guests coming up. So we do. We do. I'm, I'm I can't wait to to get to that. But until then, what else do we have to talk about today? Or I mean, are we are we ready for a nap? I'm ready for a nap. This is I'm ready emotional. for a nap. <laughs> I this know. has been a good one. This is a good I one. Know. Very emotional. Very much. Um, very much. Though. So, Michael, tell us about this. That's a little book there I wrote, a little memoir called Cue the Rocky Music. You can buy that wherever books are sold, most prominently Amazon. It's got a lot of fun anecdotes, not a lot of big words. It's a fast read, and it will clue you into how mental I am in a very happy, fun way. And there's this little documentary called The Pretender by my good friend Jimmy Toscano. There it is. It's anywhere uh, videos are downloaded, documentaries are downloaded, uh, uh, Amazon Prime. It's it's on uh, Peacock streaming, Tubi television. It's all over the place. And stay tuned during the credits because you will see a guy named Sylvester Stallone show up. It's awesome. Yes. Stacey, yes. how about you? Where are you at? I am at Had Me At Yo on Instagram along with At The Rocky Files and on po uh, Facebook at At The Rocky Files Podcast. <laughs> so Listen, I'm so glad you remember where you're at. Because much like I couldn't say the word April earlier, I, I fixed that. I, I had somebody come in and just fix it. All right. Anyways, <laughs> my friend, keep, keep punching. Punching. Bye-bye. Bye, buddy.